G'day everyone, g'day church. Um, we're looking at the Revive series and today we're looking at the zeal for the house of the Lord. Uh, last week uh, we looked at worship, the week before we looked at the word of God and I like to say zeal for the worship, zeal for the word of God, now zeal for the house of the Lord. Now we're looking at John chapter 2 um, and where Jesus um, clears the temple and we're going to use that as our springboard into um, our zeal for the house of the Lord through Jesus' example. But we've also got to look at the passage just before that where you know the story where Jesus turns water into wine uh, at the wedding. Uh, we're going to look at it in a minute as well. And it's funny with John that he's he's put this, the clearing of the temple, at the start of his book, whereas Matthew, Mark and Luke have put theirs towards the end. And I think it's because it ties in with the story of uh, Jesus turning water into wine. Now we know the story, it's in chapter 2 of John, and Jesus attends a wedding, and his mother comes up to him and says, Jesus, listen, they're about to run out of wine. Are you able to do something about it? And Jesus um, is taken by the wait staff to the to the kitchen or, or where they're preparing the food and drink, and he sees twelve clay jars. Now it's really important to remember that these clay jars are actually for ritual cleansing. And so he says to the servants, listen, go and fill them up with water and bring them back. Now he does that. And then when he brings them back, he says, well, okay, well then go and serve that to you know, the head of the ceremonies. Um, the guy drinks it and he goes, this is unbelievable. You have waited till the end to serve the best wine. Normally it's served at the start. You see, Jesus, Jesus has turned the ritual cleansing of these jugs into new wine. Which then leads us into this next uh, story where Jesus cleansed the temple. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And I'm reading from John 2, verse 13. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw uh, dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some rope and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered the money changers coins over the floor and turned over the tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my house, my father's house, into a marketplace. Then the disciples remembered this prophecy from Scripture, passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demand, what are you doing? If, if God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple in three days and I'll raise it up. What, they exclaimed, it has taken us 46 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days? But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. 
After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both scriptures and what Jesus said. I'm sure we've heard that story before. Jesus comes into the temple, and the first thing he sees is the livestock um, all set up like set up like a marketplace. Now, it wasn't uncommon for people to buy their sacrifices. It wasn't uncommon for Jews to go to the temple, particularly around Passover meal, to to dedicate a, a sacrifice on behalf of the family. And it was very obviously very difficult to travel with a sacrifice, so they would buy one. This is not uncommon. So what Jesus is is concerned about, what he's worried about here, is not the fact that they're they're sort of selling sacrifices. It was, in, I guess, in the way that they were doing it and the way that they were doing it inside the temple. See, the first thing you've got to remember is it was actually stopping people from coming into church, coming into the temple. Um, some other commentaries will say it was set up in the Gentile area. And this really an annoyed Christ as well because he wanted everybody to be welcomed in and not sort of stopped um as they enter into the, into the in the gates of the of the temple, the second thing was was this exchange stuff that was happening. You see, they were boosting up the prices and exchanging money into um, you know Jewish money, so that people foreigners had, were basically the exchange rate was ridiculous. So people were being ripped off in terms of buying their own sacrifice that they they could give. And you see, Jesus uh, quotes uh, Psalms as he comes in and says, you've turned this into a marketplace. Matthew, Mark and Luke will say, uh, you've turned it into a, a den of thieves. Instead, this should be a house of prayer. And uh, John doesn't actually quote that, but we get the sense that it's the same story being told here. And Jesus is really trying to make sure that Everybody who is taking notice of this situation knows that he has the authority to do it first and foremost. Second of all, this is not what God has designed the church to be. It's designed for everybody to be able to take part and worship freely. And so that's why he says uh, it's been a house, uh, a den of thieves is because people were being ripped off and people were making money. Thieves were making money of able to worship God. And it's funny, um, we often think about zeal for the house of the Lord. And we see here that Christ, no doubt, has zeal for his Father's house, for the house of the Lord, is because he wants everybody to be able to worship freely. And at Penrith Baps or at other churches, whoever way you might be involved in, you've got to have that same attitude where Everybody is welcome. There is no roadblocks into coming to church. There's no roadblocks in terms of uh, being able to worship freely. It's open for everybody to come. In saying that, you know the word zeal, it's quite an old term. You know, we don't really say zeal anymore. But I love it because zeal for the house of the Lord kind of gives us this really traditional uh, 
enthusiasm, passion for what Christ is passionate about. You see, there's no other story in the Bible where you see it kind of gives Jesus the the impression that he's angry or uh, he's um, lost the plot. When Jesus makes a rope and stirs out the cattle and the sheep, it's actually a reasonable response to get the animals and all the clutter out of the way. And so when Jesus shows this amazing enthusiasm where he makes a, a whip and, and gets the cattle out, it actually shows me how enthusiastic he is for the house of the Lord and how wrong the the community at the time, especially those involved in the in the leadership of of the church and how things were happening, had got it wrong. They were interfering and stopping people from worship. Now, I don't know about you and me, but when I was putting this together, I was really uh, encouraged by what Mark said a while ago, and especially when he first started, about the T's, you know, with um, time and tithe and talent and title and tenacity. And I thought, this is a really great way for me to reflect on those things in order to to share some, um, what's the word, like... um, practical aspects in terms of taking this passage like we don't need to come into the church and make a whip and get the cattle out like we don't need to do that but what we do need to do is is to make sure or at least encourage you guys and myself to have zeal for the house of the lord and so using those t's really practical way of Almost ticking them off and saying, okay, well, do I have tenacity for the house of the Lord? And I can say, yes, I can say no. I say, oh, maybe that needs some improvement. Maybe I do need to have a bit more passion, uh, enthusiasm, um, respect, whatever it might be for the house of the Lord. Or whether it's um, title. And I've been reading um, a Bible study recently and talking about the church. And if you're worried about your title or where your title is, let me assure you, your title is a child of God. You have been chosen to be part of the church. And so that's your title. You are part of God's family. And so when we are part of God's family, it's like our house. It's our house. And we are representing Christ in how we live and how we do things. So we've got to take care of our house. We've got to respect it. We've got to be um, passionate about it. And and I think that goes is how we invite people in as well. So the title and tenacity, there's tithing. You know, we all got to pay bills and the church has got to pay bills as well. And, and let me encourage you to tithe. And if that needs improvement, then you, you work that out between you and God. And if you're tithing well, then good on you. And if that... If you're not tithing very much at all, then and then maybe look at getting, um, you know, the direct debit, and that way you don't have to worry about it so much. So there are ways of improving our tithing, and there are ways of being generous with what God has given us. Now we've got um, talent. We're all talented. We're all talented in some way, shape, or form. Now, not all of those talents are necessarily for the house of the Lord. But some of those talents are 
behind the, the scenes helping out. There are talents where we can get alongside and encourage those who are involved. There are so many ways that God has blessed us with talents. And I think it's for us to be creative in how we boost the house of the Lord, how we encourage the house of the Lord with those talents. And I'm sure there's a role for all of us to play in having that passion and zeal for the house of the Lord. And the last one's time. And how do we use our time? Is it valuable? Are there times where we can give to the house of the Lord? Are there times where we can um, be supporting or, or not just coming up on those times where church is on? You know what I mean? There are opportunities that we can give more generously with our time. And so let me encourage you with all those T's. I'm sure there's something in your heart where you go, yeah, I can improve that. Yeah, that needs some work. Yeah, that I need to put more time and passion into that. Because the house of the Lord needs its children to, to really fire. And we want to see that. We want to see if we're talking about revival, then sometimes it means digging into those sort of more practical areas and lifting and raising the bar. So let me encourage you as a church to, to look at those T's, tenacity, title, talent, time and tithe, and work out ways in which you can improve those areas if they need improving. And if you don't feel like you need any improvement in any of those, then be an encouragement to others, not to boast, because God didn't create us to boast, but to get alongside and encourage, and if anything, boast in the Lord for what he's done. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for the opportunity to be part of your family and we're chosen by you. And Lord, as you in this in this passage, you know, drove out the cattle and the and the sheep and the doves and turned over the tables, Lord, you just wanted a clean slate for those coming into church to be able to worship you wholeheartedly without any interference or without being ripped off. And Lord, we want the same here at Penrith Baps and other churches in the area, Lord. We want to see you at work in our lives. Help us to be have that zeal for the house of the Lord. Help us to be passionate about it. Help us to be respectful for it. And Lord, if there are some areas where we can give more of our love for you to the house of the Lord, then help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.